Welcome to the Stella Fit Podcast. Stella Bergen dives into what you need to know to live your very best life. Stella is an executive coach, personal trainer, performance expert, and life coach. Stella tackles today's hot topics, including nutrition, exercise, sleep, and stress. In this podcast, find out what obstacles and challenges her clients are facing and how Stella is helping them meet their goals. Join us to find health strategies that work. Welcome to the Stella Fit Podcast. I'm Danielle Critchley. And I'm Stella Bergen. So this week we're talking about moving in a computer-centric world. What do you suggest? Yeah, so I have to say in this social media slash computer-centric world, one of my favorite hashtags and I get made fun of all the time from my teenage children, is hashtag move often, move well, or hashtag move well, move often. And they're both equally as important, and they kind of go hand in hand together. So uh, one of the things you brought up was we do live in a tech-centric or computer-centric world. And I, I think with that said, a lot of us are walking around with very gunky tissues. Uh, that's a term we use, gunked up. And if you want to think of, you know, fascia is, you know, has been a big buzzword in in the fitness industry and health industry, and quite frankly, in the medical field as, as well, for the last, I would say, five, six, seven, maybe up to 10 years. Um, I remember not long after I started, I was watching videos um, going through like medical videos of fascia. And if any of you have ever cut a chicken, the skin off a chicken, when you pull the skin back, that's the fascia, that spider webby looking stuff. Okay. So that's what, um, so often what happens is when you sit for long periods of time, fascia is mostly water. So you push the water out of the fascia and then the, it gets, it gets stuck. you your soft tissue or connective tissue is literally kind of sticky. So then when you get up and you're like, oh, I'm so stiff. Well, you're stiff because you've been sitting and your tissues are all sticky and your joints have now pushed the fluid out of the joints, right? So you're pushing fluid out of your body, out of the places that really need fluid, and, and you, you get up and you're just kind of like the Tin Man, ee, 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 right? Right. So a lot of people get that. So if you will move often, that will help prevent this gunking up. You know, and there, there's certain places I get it. Sometimes we're flying for long periods of time, but there are things you can do when you fly as well to help prevent this. So um, moving well is... And moving often, moving often is super important just to keep your tissues hydrated um, and to keep your your tissues elastic and hydrated so you don't feel that sense of tin man, you know? So what examples, how, when we're working in cubicles and tech or at home, what how do you suggest we move often and move well? Sure. So I'm going to give you um, one example, which is, isn't necessarily move well, move often, but it's a really good example of, of ways you can think about counteracting the impact of, of you know, tech tush, or I would call it, you know, tech back. 
Right. You I know? definitely have that. My shoulders. It's really the, that back line, you know, or posterior chain as we were talking, or that back line, fascial back line. Um, so most people, if you are looking at your phone or your computer, your shoulders are rounded forward, mm-hmm. right? So we call that anterior rotation. So it's a forward rotation, which means your upper back is a little hunched. Your neck is now, your chin is now kind of slightly protruding forward. So your cervical spine, which is the area of the spine right at the base of the back of the neck, um, is in an awkward position, right? So you, you really want to kind of counteract that. So one of the ways is just taking your thumbs, turning them out, and rotating your hands back, right? So you want to open up the chest, and you want to pull the shoulders back, but not hunching the shoulders up toward your ears, really in a relaxed fashion. So you can rotate the shoulders back, and then relax and I'm just rotate. It. it works. Yeah, rotate your shoulders back, but thumbs pointing back, almost really like you're high, you're um, hitchhiking and it rotating works. that thumbs back, <laughs> saying, "I want to go behind me." Right. So just keep rotating back. So if you're sitting at your desk, just take a few seconds. Maybe take a deep inhale, rotate back, and then exhale, relax. So. Yes, and then exhale, relax, and just do like four or five, and then you probably, you most likely, if you don't feel better, I would be surprised, but, so that's just one way, you know, you're sitting at your desk, a simple thing you can do to kind of counterbalance the effects of tech back, you know, so tech tush, you actually have to get up off your tush, that's what we would call, you know, people call it all kinds of things here, but tech tush. Um, is just when you sit so much that your glute muscles become, you, you get saggy butt syndrome, basically. So your glute muscles are not being activated regularly, but you have to get up and move to counterbalance tectosh. And of course, squats and lunges and all of these exercises that activate the glute muscles um, are super beneficial. But the biggest thing is just getting out of your chair and moving. And moving regularly, right? So I know a lot of people, and I'm telling you, I was so guilty of this probably for most of my career as a consultant, is that if I had gone for my run before I went to work, I pretty much thought I had a free pass all day on exercise, right? I mean, I think a lot of people think workout. Like if I do my... 30, 45 hour minute workout, then I basically have a free pass the rest of the day to do nothing. That's sort of what we were taught. Right. It's wrong. Yeah. It's not, it's not true. And you really, how active you are all day long is really what matters. So it doesn't mean that you have to quit your day job at your desk and become, you know, a professional runner. That is not what it means. So most of us wouldn't make it that way, but I don't think I would be able to pay the bills. Yeah, but there are definitely things you can do to um, to kind of counterbalance the sitting and just to move more often. I mean, one of the simple things is to either go for a walk at lunch. So let's say every day you either have your lunch brought into your desk or you go 
you know, next door and get your lunch or you bring your lunch, you know, and different people is if you're working in an office, you know, one way is to go for a 10 minute walk before you go get your lunch, just every day, like just do it or two days a week, find a coworker who's willing to do that 10 minutes. Like everyone actually has 10 minutes. People think they don't have 10 minutes, but they do. Everyone has 10 minutes. I always say that you have to give to gain. And I, and that kind of is true for everything, right? Like you have to give of yourself. If you give of yourself in different ways, you get something in return. But I think often we have to give up something to gain in return. And, you know, I, I made a decision years ago. I've, I've hardly blown dry my hair. I've hardly blown my hair dry with a hairdryer, probably since I was in college. But I realized when I got out of undergrad and I was working that in order to blow dry my hair, that cut in the time I had them in the morning to go for a run. And so I just decided I would just air dry my hair instead of blowing it dry. Well, I looked better if my hair was blown dry, but I could pull off the no dry hair. Um, but I gave up something, you right. know, and, and I know that like at the end of the day, I know if I want to look better, I should blow dry my hair, but it's not worth it. Like what I gained in return is way more worth it. And, and so that's just my personal example where I made a, I gave up one thing to get another. So that gives you a little bit. Got it. And what about, you know, I've been working out with you now since, what, 2011? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So thinking now, sort of talking about working out. Mm -hmm. So we work out lots. You give us lots of different variety. So what, you know, what sort of different things do we do? Sure. I, you know, I definitely one of, so if you say move often, move yeah, well, and I guess move that's, well, what move I was, that's what I was alluding to. I know we do animal flow, <laughs> <laughs> yoga. <laughs> okay, like, obviously you can incorporate that into your workout, every, your work life, but you can incorporate some of that stuff into your workout. Sure. I mean, I have a very um, somewhat specific way of training people um, but that may feel somewhat Random, because as you know, we rarely do the same workout twice. However, we do many of the same exercises or movements over and over again or in different ways. But um, I, a few years ago, um, thank goodness, is one of the career altering things I did was um, early in my career, I got hooked up with Michelle Dahlcourt of the Institute of Motion in San Diego. And he is one of the most brilliant minds in my industry. And he came from the physical therapy background, and he invented this tool called the Viper. Which stands, I like the Yeah, Viper. Everyone, everyone has an opinion about the Viper that uses the Viper. I love the Viper. It's by far my most favorite tool. And um, it stands for Vitality, Performance, and Reconditioning. So you can use it for athletes. Actually, I recently found out that Steph Curry had been using it all summer in his off-season training. So for those of you that are like, what's this Viper tool? Go look it up. It's a V-I-P-R. There's no E. So V, capital V, small I, capital P, capital R. It's a really phenomenal tool. Um, but Michelle came up with this four-quadrant method of training. And the other brilliant minds at the Institute of Motion, not just Michelle, but 
Um, and, and I really use this four quadrant. So I try to, because really the body craves variability of load and movement. And what they found, Michelle and some of the other members of the Institute of Motion were early on training professional hockey players. And what they found is in the gym, kids who lifted were stronger in the gym. So they were stronger at picking up dead weight from the gym in one motion. But when you got them on the hockey rink, the farm kids were outperforming and were way stronger on the court in sport than the, the city kids who were spending their time in the gym. Right. And so um, why? Interesting. Yeah, really it's interesting. fascinating. So why is that? Well, mainly because a farm, a kid who's working on the farm never moves the same load twice in the same direction. So they are training their soft tissue, connective tissue, and three dim, with three dimension, three dimensionality or in three dimensions. They are not training their connective tissue in just a linear fashion. They are if you look at the connective tissue, you look at our muscles, our tendons, ligaments, they all, they're, they think of rope, right? They're not, they're not straight tissue. I mean, they're not like the fibers aren't straight. They're interconnected. They're woven. So think of it that way, that right. our muscle fibers, fibers are woven together. So you want to train, if you want to lay down lines of collagen, you don't want to just, to get stronger, you don't want to just lay down lines of collagen in one direction. You want to make these tissues stronger, like in the way that they are woven together, right? So, um, so you really, you're going to make a much stronger, more mobile, more versatile body, if you will train with different loads and moving in different directions. So, um, so with that way, we, he came up with this four quadrant way of training, which is the way I train all of my clients. And obviously like if I, I were training a client who runs five days a week, I'm not really going to have them doing a lot more unloaded linear training. Cause that's what they spend most of their time doing. I would work in the other three quadrants. So, um, the quadrants are loaded linear training, which would be very um, traditional gym exercises like a deadlift or a bench press, a farmer's carry. Um, you're just really picking up things and moving them just against a field of gravity. Okay. Got it. So, and then unloaded linear training would be your traditional kind of think of cardio exercises, running, swimming, cycling, where your, your body is moving in one direction, even okay. though... You know, there are obviously elements of swimming that is three-dimensional just with the way your hip rotation and the way you move through the body. But you need a pool. But still, right. You need a pool. Um, your non-linear unloaded movement would be unloaded movement training, and that would come into, like, your yoga or animal flow. I mean, so soccer, quite frankly, if you're playing soccer pretty intensely, you're with all that agility you use, right. that's really unloaded movement. Um Dance, which is a phenomenal way to move better. Um, and also, I don't know if you know, but there was a recent study, Alzheimer's study, that was looking at specific exercise to reduce the onset of Alzheimer's. And dance, a 
And I think it's the neurological component, obviously, that comes with dance. So you could use a little bit of common sense and say, well, if you were neurologically having to train your brain to do different exercises in different directions with different movement patterns, you should get somewhat a similar benefit neurologically as you would learning new dances and new movements. Dance is just three-dimensional. It's not linear. Right. Um, unless you were just a really bad dancer. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, and then the 3D movement or the loaded movement training, you know, think farm kit. Think picking up a bale of hay, putting right. it on. Or you know, our viper. Right, or the viper. But there's also, you can use a medicine ball, sand bells, or all kinds of tools, even um, cable pulls. A lot of that would fall into three-dimensional training. So, Anyway, with that said, the simple thing is if you're doing the same thing at the gym every day, it's time to mix it up. You know, if you're going to the gym three days a week, well, maybe you do your loading, your traditional training three days a week, or maybe you decide one day you're going to do something completely different. It's just time to mix up your routine, mix it up. Start If you're a runner, Start going to yoga one day. I mean, one day a week. I mean, you're not going to have to do this every single day. You just need to start mixing up your routine. If you're doing the same thing at the gym every day, or you are doing the same, you're swimming five days a week and you're doing nothing else, you know, at some point it will catch up to you. It's interesting you say that because I've heard of so many people who have told me they've hurt their back moving a laundry basket or picking up a piece of plastic or something like that. And I know that's one of the reasons you have us doing those twists with the Viper and things like that is to keep us mobile and moving. Yeah, I always have a joke when I'm on the airplane and I'm looking for people that I can get their bag out of the overhead bin because I'm like, people, hello, I train for this every day. I can get your bag in and out of the out of the overhead bin. I am good at that. So, you know, just think of like all the things you do regularly, emptying the dishwasher, right. putting your your luggage in the overhead bin, getting your luggage out of the overhead. Bin. I mean, you could go on and on and on. I mean, one of I always had one client for years. She was forever injuring her back getting things out of the well of her minivan. So all of you guys that have a minivan and you have that well in the back, it's an awkward angle. It's awesome. It gives you so much more trunk space. But when you are when you are pulling something out of that well and the load is extended way away from the body, if you're not doing it with just the right amount of athletic ready position before you lift up. So your glutes are fired on, your your core is somewhat activated. Guess where that load is going to go? That vector from that load will go straight into your back. And so, yeah, we train for that. Like you guys should be good. We train for that. But at the end of the day, it's not so much about your training. It's just about mixing up your training, doing some different things. Take a dance class. Um, like I said, sign up for a yoga class one day a week. And, and the easiest way is just to find some friends. So, um, you know, the second thing I would talk about in just terms of workouts is playing with intensity. So the other thing if if you're is play with 
tempo and speed. And obviously, if you're, you're doing kind of hit training, some of that gets into playing with intensity. But you can also just take exercises you're already doing. And let's say you every day you go to the gym and you do a series of squats and push-ups and deadlifts. These are all just traditional ways of training. So instead of doing your regular 40 seconds at a one, two, one, two tempo, do the first set at a one, two, one, two tempo, but the next set, slow it way down. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then the third set, speed it up. As long as you can maintain good form and that you're strong enough to do that, you know, then play with intensity and speed. I mean, if you run five days a week and you run the same five mile loop every single day at the same speed, it's time to mix it up. It's time to take a couple of days and do some speed play. Pick a pole, a telephone pole, and run, you know, you know, pick it up, sprint to the pole, then slow it down, then sprint to the tree. It's called fartlek, which stands for, is like, I think, Swedish for speed play. I think that's how fartlek came about. But, um, but yeah, it's time to do some speed play. It is time to mix up your running and your training. So, so one of the in- more interesting things I've heard you say is recovery days. So I always thought a recovery day was a rest day, yeah. which meant watching Netflix yeah, all day, no. which you surprised yeah, no. me by saying it actually wasn't watching Netflix all day. Yeah. I mean, that. I'll just tell you my teenagers on the weekends are doing too much recovery. <laughs> yes. The, if recovery meant watching Netflix all day, um, yeah, that, uh, too much. No, recovery does not mean stay home and watch Netflix all day, other than I am not opposed to watching Netflix at all. But building recovery days into your training is is great. It's really paramount to the success of your training. Um, it's it, Your tissues can, can re- repair themselves. It, it also, I just think, neurologically, it, it just... You know, people feel there's something about knowing you've got a recovery day when you've been working hard. It is just so gratifying, quite frankly. So, but, you know, there's some other ideas for recovery other than deciding that you're going to get your bowl of popcorn and your glass of water (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, your popcorn that's been popped in, organic coconut oil with a little bit of salt, no doubt. lovely. (laughs) Yes. And your, you know, green tea. (laughs) And kicking back with a few hours of Netflix. Um, so anyway, th- good ideas are like a restorative yoga, go for a walk with a friend, um, take your dogs out, go for a hike. I call it flow play, but even just playing around with some animal flow or dance, put some music on and decide you're going to dance for 20 minutes. Um, go to the beach, play games with your kids in the sand barefoot. You know, those are all kind of great ideas to get in some activity without just giving yourself a free pass to sit all day. So giving ourselves a free pass to sit all day is never a good thing unless you're really sick and your body is really, really needs it. Yeah. It's just not, I mean, you know, the, the word around the Silicon Valley is that Sundar Pichai does walking meetings all the time. Um, and if he can make sure he's doing walking meetings, I think most of us should be able to build in a walking meeting here or there. It's just a great way if you're working to try to increase your activity. Um, like I mentioned before, like walking at lunch, um, 
really like at the end of the day, how active you are all day long is just so important. All right. So what do you want to leave us with? Um, you know, I just hope that that the listeners out there will will try to do one thing, make one small change to their daily habits or weekly habits. So a couple ideas are A, walking meetings. Two, um, decide you're going to stretch for five minutes, doing a little bit of yoga stretching. Trust me, there are so many great yoga sites um, that you can hook into either on YouTube or um, on the TV with all these new TV channels they have out there. I don't really watch much TV, but I know different people who use different yoga sites. So you don't need to go to a yoga studio. There's so much great yoga stuff available online or on different TV sites. Um, but decide you're going to do like five minutes of yoga stretching before you take your shower in the morning, before you eat breakfast. Five minutes. We all have five minutes, I promise. Um the other thing is if you're meeting your friends for brunch or lunch, decide, or even a cocktail at five o'clock, just decide you're going to go for a walk beforehand. You know, like walking and talking is sometimes so much better than you get to a crowded place and it's loud and you have a hard time hearing your friend. Go to for a walk first and then go enjoy your cocktail. Go for a walk first and then decide you're going to get a little bit more of a quicker bite to eat. Just build in some type of movement instead of just going and sitting and doing something. Um, you know, walking at lunch. Yeah, all those things. Um, you know, and then you can go back to the traditional ideas of like parking further away from the door, um, you know, riding your bike, deciding that two days a week you're going to ride your bike run your errands instead of using your car. There's so many different ways. I would just say set one idea that you can incorporate, you know, every single week. Awesome. Okay. So next week I'm picking a topic. Ooh. I have been thinking about this. I want Jack to in the box topic. It's Jack just going to surprise gonna us. Pop, us up. pop out. I've been thinking about <laughs> We had our four pillars and I want to know how to breathe. Oh, I've how to been, breathe. Yeah, I've been thinking about this and I've been trying and working on it. So next oh, it's week, so great. I, I just, would like to learn how to breathe. Are you on for it? You got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm working on it with my cross-country kids right now. So Perfect. it's a great okay, topic. So next week, we're going to learn how to breathe. As always, please drop us a note at stellafit.com. We'll yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Great. And don't forget to subscribe if you're listening. Oh, yeah, please subscribe. We need to we need subscribers and please like us on apple and google play and forward it on to your friends thanks so grateful bye